0: You're listening to The Foreign and International Medical Graduate Show, a podcast to inspire physicians in the process of immigration to the United States and access to graduate medical education. We create meaningful and helpful content that motivates medical students and doctors throughout the world with the goal of creating a community that supports itself and gives feedback to each other Also, we'll analyze the current resources available and how to benefit from them. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome to my podcast. This is Alonso Osorio and this is episode number seven. In the Foreign and International Medical Graduate podcast, as I said earlier in prior episodes, we're going to be talking about topics that are either controversial or that could be explored a little further. In this occasion, I would like to tell you a little more about the National Residency Matching Program. I have done a little bit of research just to refresh the process that I went through 20 years ago, but for those that don't know, the NRRMP, or National Residency Matching Program, alias called the Main Match or DMatch, match is a year-long process in which the graduate medical residency programs for surgical and non-surgical specialties find a position for those applicants that are trying to get into them. There is an exception to this path, and back in my day, it used to be called the California match, eh, in which the specialties of ophthalmology and urology have their own independent process. The the match itself consists of an online application process that mostly will have your letters of recommendation, a personal statement or your his your story, the Dean's Letter or the MSPE, which is the Medical School Performance Evaluation, which for us is the summary of the grades that we obtained during medical school, and uh, a transcript. Canadian and American uh, graduates could start applying as early as May, But for foreign and international medical graduates, we must wait until June, until a specific situation happens. Then at that point in time, the ERAS token will be released. The ERAS, the Electronic Residency Application System will pretty much give you a one-time access code that we're gonna use to register for the online application. And once we register, we'll be able to match The earliest we can do it is usually by mid-September knowing well that the interview season is running somewhere in between September and December with very rare interviews occurring during very early January pretty much by then all the programs have completed or closed their interviewing and application process then by the end of February pretty much uh, after having gone to the interviews Every applicant must submit the rank order list to every program in which they have interviewed. For many of you, will be just a few. For many of you, will be many programs and a pat on your back if you were able to actually match in many programs. In my personal case, as I said before, it took me four residency program, four national residency matching process to get eventually a position to be accepted off the match by dropping up of the NRMP But uh, I don't want to discourage you. This is not going to be Your specific situation might be a complete different issue for you guys. In my case I think I was strongly academically and I had greatest scores on a step one a step two a step three and I did not really concentrate on these minor aspects of the application that include the letters of recommendations and my personal statements. I feel that we're on a disadvantage as a foreign medical grad because we come to a country, sometimes we do non-clinical, no-contact rotations like observerships to obtain some sort of experience and obtain a letter of recommendation. And it is becoming highly competitive. It's extremely hard for us to really getting to high academic teaching university hospitals that has well-renowned attendings to write a letter of recommendation for us. One option is that you can be linked to this program and to into these uh, attendings that are highly, but having done research already ahead of time in which many foreign medical graduates have decided to go that path have a specific friend of mine that did research at one of the most renowned universities here in the United States, and after two or three years of research, he was given the opportunity to apply to the specialty of his choice that was neurosurgery, and he actually is a current practicing neurosurgeon. By the way, hello goes to Dr. Gustavo Pradilla. Uh, We were in high school together, and we graduated from the same high school. And he's a very successful neurosurgeon. And condolences go to him uh, f- uh, regarding the, the passing of his father last, late last year, who was a fantastic neurologist in our community in Colombia and was the dean of the medical school as well. So, getting back to our topic, uh, the ERAS literally is like a curriculum vitae what they call a CV C as in Charlie, V as in Victor and Curriculum Vitae is just uh, the way some people refer to it and it will contain literally a brief explanation there is a specific fees that are related with the ERAS and usually with the initial payment you will get uh, for a fee of 97 dollars to match programs one through ten then from programs to 11 through 20 usually goes around 11 dollars and please know that these prices are subject to change anytime for every program after the 21st to the 30th you pay 16 dollars per program and if you want to play to 31 or more programs it's 26 dollars each this is more specific when referring to when I quoted this in a prior episode, no matter what, we'll see ourselves potentially asking for a family loan, or you know, have some significant savings that will be spent on this arduous process. So, when when you're done with the the creating your your errors and you and you have uh, ab- uploaded all the documents, the personal statement, the LORs the transcript, the MSPE and your professional photo, usually it's a passport like type of photo, you'll be ready to go and it depends on how good you have created this uh, little ingredients on how successful you're going to go through the interviewing process, letters of recommendations Let's talk about that for a second. I would say that letters of recommendations are a very unique topic of discussion because there is lots of generic letters of recommendations. I'm going to tell you when I went through the residency review committee and I was opening files from applicants, it's sometimes extremely common to see that one letter repeats over and over and over and over sometimes coming from the same same attending not meaning much at all or highlighting anything specific about that applicant. You want that every letter of recommendations means something and really resembles who you are and it will be coming from people that actually has, has known you well, has known you well in an uh, academic setting, in a clinical setting, if you went for a surgical specialty, you've been working with them directly, in the are, they know you're procedural skills and they can really pick you apart from any other person so try to get several letters of recommendations and and, and in my personal case I wanted emergency medicine it should have been letters of recommendations of emergency physicians for the very first few programs I really didn't didn't know many I was asking the program directors for the residency programs in in uh family medicine to write me a letter of recommendation or how much I wanted to go into emergency medicine. But you have to realize the awkward position that I was put on when I'm asking my own residency program director that I'm thinking about moving into EM that usually didn't go well. And I never got to see the letters of recommendation, but I don't really know what were discussions that were being held, sometimes probably over the phone or in person regarding my, my... switching of specialties so you need several letters of recommendation i would say three or four usually targeted and directed towards the specialty of this of your choice you usually want to get one of your mentors and and people that is giving you a letter of recommendation to go over them and you want to highlight many of your skills you want to try to probably get several letters, and in every letter, probably each one of them highlight a different facet of your personality. One of them could potentially speak about how committed you are, how on time and responsible you are. The other one could talk about how highly proficient you are with procedural skills, and another one could talk about, if it was your case, your highly regarded research experience, etc so you want pretty much letters to really highlight those qualities that programs are looking for now that's important these letters of recommendation usually in some of them you waive uh, the right to see them and you never really know what they wrote and some attendees will just give it to you, but usually they all get loaded through the program, through the NRMP. Another difficult issue of the application is the personal statement. I would say that American students in undergrad and graduate medical education are experts, are writing personal statements. I never did one in my life, but pretty much it's a summary of why of how you got here is your, is how was is your process and why you really wanna go into certain medical specialty. In my case, I highlighted how I wanted to go into emergency medicine. I never written anything like that before, so I went into books that kinda of show examples of what it's like to write a personal statement. You have to be extremely careful on how you lay out the thought process You need to definitely concentrate on not having any sort of typos, any sort of misspelling errors, and concentrate on trying to highlight why you will be a very good applicant and why you set yourself as apart from many others of the hundreds of applicants that are going through the same process at the same time as you are. Many people do a lot of drafts. I sat on one, I thought about it. You rip it apart, then you create another one, then you get a little bit of feedback from people and you start all over and it's an ongoing process. So I would say that if if you really wanna come into America, start thinking and doing research about how to write a proper, very well-built personal statement that summarizes your life story and the goals why you want to go into that specialty so let's talk about the program list so in the electronic residency application system uh, there is a program list once you have given the chance to apply to the programs you can pick the program by specific filters either geographically, by categorical, by preliminary positions, um, by location etc and you just wanna make sure that you pick the programs that that you wanna go into. You have to be for example if very careful if you're going into a surgical specialty not to choose if you want to be in a categorical program not choose the preliminary. When you choose preliminary position that means that you will only secure that spot for one year but the other four to five years left will be a fight and a process of application every year after that those positions are abundant i would say I, I don't have any specific program to give you an example but just let me give you an idea if a program has 10 surgical spots for interns for pgy1 those 10 will be probably categorical and they'll have two or three positions that will be preliminary categorical positions they will start there from PGY1 and go all the way to PG15 or 7. those preliminary positions you will only go into that program for one year and every year after that you have to reapply not not being guaranteed that you will actually get the spot for the, your PGY2 when you select also programs you want to make sure that you have had good scores nowadays, the programs set filters on their applicants not only for those with high scores on a step one but I think now they're paying more attention to the CK part of the step two uh, scores less than 219 literally it will be really very difficult to match with scores below that range the rest of the application will have to be very strong scores in between 220 and 229 Some programs might view these scores negatively, but many applicants might be able to match somewhere. Scores in between 230 to 239, they're good scores. However, if you're hoping for a top tier program, your application should be extremely strong in other aspects. If you get some score in between 240 to 249, it is an excellent score and you're in extremely good shape. And obviously if you score more than 250 you're going to be in the top 99 percentile and this score will remarkably stand out and I can assure you, you will be invited for an interview. On the uh, programs that you're considering, be mindful that there is different types of programs. There is academic programs that usually and most of the time are affiliated with a large teaching university. For example, in my case, uh, the family medicine program that I went into was affiliated with the University of Nebraska Medical Center, and uh, there is programs that are community-based that are pretty much 100% clinical. Most academic programs that you're into research have one or two years of research already embedded into their curriculum, so if you're going into a surgical specialty, it might take you seven years to finish general surgery with two years of specific targeted, that are specific targeted for research and five years of clinical competence and procedural skills that you will develop along the path. The community hospitals instead, they're usually straightforward five-year programs that they only concentrate pretty much little or no research and only in developing your clinical skills. And there might be programs that have plentiful of research, there is programs that will have lots of clinical exposure and there is hybrid programs that might have a mixture. So it depends on what kind of person you are, what you're looking for, it will be all up to you on which programs you, 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 you will be going into. So my advice is, sit down, do research, f- try to find out if if you're Latino like me, I didn't want to be in cold weather places, but at the end, uh, I had no choice, I ended up in Nebraska, and then I was blessed with the opportunity here in Tampa, which is a completely different situation, and I just took it, but just make sure where you want to go, where you want to be, being close to a family or friends is extremely important, because the 3 to 7 years that you're going to be residency program are going to be harsh lonely and full of sacrifices and you want to have some sort of support system for many of us foreign medical grads we come into america by ourselves we leave our families in our native country and we go through a little bit of a cultural shock cultural exposure and adaptation to the environment in my case, I never lived in the Midwest, and during my interviewing process, I was exposed to the harsh weather of Omaha, Nebraska. And you know, every year, somewhere in between September and April, there was a snow all over the place, and the weather was just crazy cold. And, and for me, it was really harsh because I was suffering from seasonal affective disorder, and I had to expose myself to UV light. So. That examples I hope that it kind of helps you understand how lonely it can be uh, to live here in America. Also, we come with nothing. I literally show up in this country with a luggage, a few books, and $500. I stayed in a friend's house for about a month or two until I got settled in. I had no score of credit. You have no credit cards. You have nowhere to live and in america they look at your credit score even for a small apartment rental application and i really thank frank soto dr soto who is an emergency physician dedicated to cosmetic surgery who gave me the opportunity to stay at his place for several months Mm -hmm. before i started my residency program but sometimes he had to be the co-signer with the bank for me to be able to obtain a car a co-signer for a credit card that was a, a guaranteed credit card for 500 or $1000, I don't remember, from, from Wells Fargo. And he co-signed that and he wanted to make sure that I was not going to affect his credit by not paying my credit card. But I did it and I just kind of had the account always with some sort of low balance that allowed me to create a credit score. And that takes somewhere between 6 months to a year and 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 probably is one of the toughest Situations that are, that a are foreign like 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 me had to deal with. Getting a car was 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 difficult. Cars are extremely expensive. I would say you can find a car for five hundred dollars, but I cannot guarantee you it won't break down. I would say a Honda Civic or Toyota would be a decent entry point car. Nothing too fancy. Don't be as stupid like I was. That i initially had a very nice car i had an nissan Altima, and i was extremely happy it was four wheel drive and it helped me to kind of get through the snow the horrible weather and being young and single and stupid i would say i decided to get a mazda rx8 with a real traction sports car low riding instead of getting a truck an SUV, or a jeep and you cannot imagine doing the Five years that I had that car and the three years that I lived in Nebraska that I had it. It was a nightmare I don't know how I went through life with that car, but I had to put sandbags and Stuff in the back of the car sometimes I couldn't even ride it My friend Carlos or Cesar had to borrow me their car that was obviously more decent When we decent we're talking about being able to kind of get around on the snow so all these little things um are important to be aware because I don't think no one ever tells you. Uh, many people from many countries have a little uh, accents, cultural behavior, sometimes the etiquette, body odors, the uh, odorant. They, they don't brush their teeth. I tell you, I've seen it all. So all those little things are in, in extremely important to to consider. So let's move on in through the interviewing process. Once you have submitted the application, you just have to literally sit and wait. On October 1st, usually the programs won't give you a result that you've been invited on an interview. Usually, most of the American programs until the MSPE has been released. The, and once that happens, the bulk of the interviews will occur somewhere in between October and November. Uh, usually for three, for every three to 12 open residency spots for the elective year, programs will interview somewhere in between 70 to 120 inter, uh, applicants per spot. So you can imagine the large volume of applicants that will be submitting their resume. I remember in my residency program, I think we were looking when I was part of the residency review committee, somewhere in between 1,000 or 1,200 charts and That's not unusual when 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 you look at their profiles and and a huge bulk is foreign medical grads and some Huge bulk is just for for us grads and they put them in different colors not to get confused They are get already get filtered and preselected based on the scores Etc. And and oh my god, you cannot imagine the things that I saw while going through that so most of, uh, United States uh Applicants uh, will match into the specialty of their choice uh, United States uh, IMG's meaning that they are American citizens, but they went to School in Granada or Barbados, you know overseas There's a 90% likelihood that they'll match if they rank more than 12 programs Non-united States citizens IMG's like me, they need to rank more than 15 programs to have a rate of success that probably is somewhere between 75 and 90 percent this is all database from national residency uh, matching program data from 2016 I don't have the most up-to-date information so if any of you knows a little more just let me know remember if you get too many interviews it's exhausting at the same time, you have to realize that it's expensive. You're going to be on the road or traveling, and you're going to be responsible for food, lodging, and travel expenses throughout this. If you get more than 20, then you're going to run into a scheduling issues, and they're going to be overlapping all over the place, and you will need to prioritize. Obviously, the more interviews you got, congratulations to you. It means that you're an extremely strong applicant and you've been successful and probably you have a very strong uh, personal statement and excellent writers or recommendations. So interviews have been offered. You make your plans. You schedule the interviews. You make them kind of overlap, hopefully, with a day or two in between so you can rest and gather yourself or or, or travel in between destinations. You will be presenting to what we call the interview day, Uh Literally it lays out the following way and I'm gonna give you an example of what was the experience for me So you can think about how it's gonna go for you So the first the night before the interview we call it the pre-interview dinner or a social event or gathering that happens in a Nightclub or nice night social event not too loud where there's gonna be food or drinks. My advice is don't over drink Don't overdo it uh, be on time and usually the dress code is business casual. Don't show up yourself like in jeans or shorts and and try to interact with everybody. Pretty much the the reason this is an, a non mandatory uh, gathering, and the reason why they do it is because others senior residents or resident or interns or second year residency uh, program uh, residents will be there just kind of. Waiting to interact with you to see if you're the kind of person that they would like to be working with for the next three to seven years So, you know what I'm trying to say You you don't want to be with someone that is going to be literally a pain in the ass that speaks negatively from people That carries himself not in a proper manner that doesn't interact well with people that is a little loner You know all those things once that night is gone by the next day usually interviews start somewhere between 6 and 8 a.m for me the day started with the grand rounds or morning report they invite you for part of the grand rounds for you to attend some sort of academic uh, event that usually lasts half an hour to about an hour and right after that the applicants that came with you my group was about 15 during a day we got split into two groups and we were taken uh, into different interviewing rooms most of us are allowed to kind of hang out in a common area and you're interacting with many people at the same time actually the day that i interviewed uh, my current colleague that i've known now for 12 years dr Ahmed don messer Don Meiser was right there with me and uh, i have an anecdote that i remember he says He's pretty cocky. I would say he's pretty self-confident and he said you guys you just don't know I'm just gonna match in this program So you guys have no choice or opportunity to get into this program because I am the man And I don't know that's just a myth and to this day He says that he never said that but I can assure you like I won't, rem- I won't forget that so you'll be hanging out with these people uh, the interviews takes somewhere between 5 to 15 minutes per person and they're going to be rotating you through several rooms you go in, you go out, you go in, you wait, you go out, etc. and, you know, it will be pretty exhausting you probably will interact with 5 to 7 uh, of the attendants of the program and I can assure you, you will meet with the residency program director or the chairman of the department at some point in time and they will be making notes on your file and this file is being passed on by the residency program coordinator in between one room and the other but everybody will have the opportunity to look at your file obviously uh, when we talk about attire and presentations you want to dress remarkably professionally Um, you want to look good usually men I would recommend to wear a black dark blue dark gray uh, button suit for ladies either a very nice professional dress suit with pants or short uh, skirt skirts that are not short that are usually below the knee on ladies they don't usually recommend it uh, not showing too much skin uh, avoid too much jewelry uh, strong perfumes too much makeup in our personal case we want to have a clean cut haircut 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 trim beard, properly dressed you need to appear that you're rested that you're not tired obviously not under the influence of drugs etc so the interviews finish and then usually they're followed by a tour of the facility so they you either have spent already time in the residency program office and they walk you across the street like in my case across the street we went to Tampa General and we do a quick tour on our suits through Either the OR for surgical specialties, uh, the 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 wards where they leave the patients, or in my personal case, it was all about the emergency department, and we wanted to see how many rooms it had, the trauma bay, if they had a ultrasound, etc. And you get to see what are the nurses like, and you know, you're just kind of walking by, and everybody stares at you, and you're like, oh, just kind of following everybody along the path. So you go, you interview, you did whatever amount of interviews uh, you were given the chance and then you will have to wait to see your offer a position Uh, one personal tip of advice that I'm going to give you is once you interview in a program, go back home and write a thank you note I remember Dr. Aaron Osborne to this day He says that he really appreciated the thank-you note that he received after I had interviewed and he cannot forget that. He said that that I was the only one that actually sent a thank-you note and and Osborne was extremely fundamental at giving positive feedback about my social interaction with him during the interviewing process. And he actually eventually became one of my best friends through the residency program. So once uh, you, you, you're you given the chance to go an interview, I would say respond quickly, respond early. Uh, some people might put you on the wait list. Uh, every single communication in between the residency program and you will be done through the ERAS message center or many programs will directly be emailing you. My advice is to create an email account that is completely 100% dedicated to the application process for the match for that year. Uh, you need to set up a notifications on your email to be able to know when you receive an interview and reply in a professional manner as soon as possible. Many people have already pre-formatted answers. Uh, email templates that have a signature in which they either have a yes or no acceptance or de- declining attestation in that statement. And it's just easy to kind of get out of your out- inbox and just reply right away. Uh, if you're not lucky, just don't be discouraged. Uh, there's going to be promise that will be putting you in the waiting list. And there is a small chance that you can even be invited, potentially, all the way into early January to come along and, and visit with them. Uh, be cognizant that many American uh, seniors, uh, U.S. citizens get 15, 20 interviews, and usually by the end of November or beginning of December, they're already tired. They have ex- expended their allowance on financial investment. And little, literally, they're tired to answer questions and to travel around and to stay in hotels and so forth. And it could be remarkably exhausting. And many of them will actually start turning down interviews. So. You might see yourself accepting one of those open interviews spots that that are available. Okay, so you were offered an interview and then you did okay, let's assume, and then it's time to do the rank list or the rank order list. Uh, You have to have this completed usually by the end of February in the National Residency Matching Program website. If you, you have to organize the programs 1 through 15, and uh, every time that you create the list, you need to certify it, and if you edit or make changes, you need to re-certify that uh, ranking order order list. You might get a notification early on by the program director or the assistant for the, or the residency coordinator that you were ranked highly. That doesn't mean that you will be ranked, but that they're considering you highly. I mean, they cannot offer you a position directly, but obviously you you can pay attention to that. That means probably it's a good sign. In my personal case, uh, I was offered the position for my residency program that day after the interview, because there was an opening in my program and my doctor, Kelly O'Keefe, said, Hey, I fired someone. You want the spot? Yes or no? I need an answer. And I said, yes, I said, okay, just cancel your match application. They call it ca- dropping off the match and come over and join me. And, and that's why I went into emergency medicine for my second training. Something really interesting that I found during my research is that the National Residency Matching Program Computer Algorithm that matches applicants with uh, residency programs received the 2012 Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences Uh So that's interesting to know. And then after you have submitted your rank order list and it has been certified, match week will come. Usually the match uh, starts the Friday on, uh, the match day will be a Friday, somewhere in the middle of March. So early that Monday of the match week, you'll be given the opportunity to register for the SOAP or the Supplemental Offer Acceptance Program or we used to call the Scramble. We'll talk more about that in a second. And on Monday of the Match Week, you will also receive uh, email letting you know if you match or not. So it usually says, did I match? And you will have an answer, yes, you did or no but you won't know where exactly you match in what geographic uh, location and what residency program until the Friday of mid-March of match week. So if you match, congratulations, your life just got better, you got accepted into the residency of your choice, you were probably one of the top applicants, you need to tap yourself on the back because you had probably a fantastic personal statement, phenomenal letters of recommendations, fantastic step one, step two scores, and you interviewed extremely well and you have a phenomenal personality that really matches the program that you want to go into. For people like me that didn't match in application process number one, number two, and number three, we had to go through the scramble. Uh, I only went through a scramble in my first one. Uh, Back then the scramble was a remarkably disorganized process. I think I told you before, pretty much, all the applicants and programs were allowed to reach that person either by fax email or phone call right away in an extremely disorganized process that overwhelmed phone lines and uh, human resources during that day and that's why they decided to create the SOAP which is uh, a more structured pro- pro- process usually opens the Monday on after Friday match and it runs until uh, Thursday of the same week until 5pm so if you did not uh, match, you will be offered a position to there if you're lucky, usually very few spots are available and not usually the desired specialty of your choice and not specifically the type of position that you wanted it's up to you if you want to take a position that you don't really want or if you want to prefer to wait and do it all over again next year when you have a stronger application so for this uh, scramble there is no interview they just rely and make the decision solely on your application well i hope that that was not too much information Um, i want to take a pause and and answer a question from one of the people that have visited my website and one of them is actually a medical student from colombia and she was asking if research helps too much into residency programs of in the united states i would say yes of course it helps i saw people that committed and sacrificed themselves for one or two years of uh, research and were never offered a position and they were extremely frustrated i saw people also that develop a specific liking for research and they really thrive on that and Sometimes decided not to go for clinical medicine anymore and just become what we call rat labs and and do that and follow academic paths in uni- uh, universities affiliated with the the school of medicine as a teaching professor, etc. But it will never hurt, I would say, during a year or two working for a chairman or a program director that has some sort of research project that will help their t- tenure. You know, you will, they will get to know you well. You, you will get to know them. And that's only going to enhance your CV. And you're going to have, obviously, one or many letters of recommendation coming from that attending that you did research for. Usually, you do research, obviously, in the specialty of your choice. Call it neurosciences or in emergency medicine or, you know, in obstetrics or in internal medicine. Whatever you want to go into. But... um Yes, it helps. It was not my cup of tea. I hate research. I never wanted to do it. And I guess that's why I struggle so much. I had some friends that did it and were successful at it. So just remember that these positions are usually unpaid and you'll be literally paying your housing, food, food, and expenses during the year or two that you will be doing this to try to enter into a program. Well, I think uh, we reached the end of our show. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, go to my website, www.fmg-img.com, uh, cast.com, and please leave a review. Like us. We're in the process of rebuilding the website right now. I'm in the process of launching my YouTube channel. I got some new technical equipment and. We're going to be loading the next four episodes, hopefully, really soon. I really thank you for listening, and please leave me a five-star review. It will really mean a lot for me if you leave me a nice five-star review on iTunes. Uh, It will help to get the message out there. And if you know of someone that could benefit from this information, please don't forget to share it, because sharing is caring. Thanks for listening, and bye for now.